G'day, and welcome to the Fasting Highway Podcast, the podcast that's all about intermittent fasting. I'm your host, Graham Curry from Perth, Australia. I lost 60 kilograms or 132 pounds living an intermittent fasting lifestyle and have successfully maintained that weight loss. I'm also the author of the Amazon category best-selling book, The Fasting Highway, which will give you a great insight into what it's actually like to live it day to day, how to get started, what it's about, what are some of the health benefits that come from it, and how to turn it into a successful long-term lifestyle. In this series of podcasts, you'll be hearing from people from all over the world, from the beginners to the experienced and those that are on the journey. You'll also be hearing from some leaders in the intermittent fasting community, and you'll also be hearing from some past guests as we recheck in to see how they've been going. And thank you for joining us here on the Fasting Highway. Enjoy the show. Oh, g'day everyone. And this podcast today is brought to you by our Patreon community. Without the support of our Patreon supporters, we simply could not bring you this podcast each and every week and also well into the future. If you're a person that enjoys the podcast and you get something out of it and it helps you with your intermittent fasting lifestyle, we'd really hope that you would consider making a small monthly pledge to be able to help us keep the Fasting Highway podcast going. Uh, You can go to the show notes there and you'll see a link to www.patreon.com forward slash the Fasting Highway. When you go there, you'll see two levels of support. You can make a small monthly contribution from as low as 17 cents a day. Uh, You'll get some great benefits back too. You'll get bonus content, bonus episodes. Uh, You'll get early access to the podcast each week. At our top tier there, you'll be able to listen to the audio version of The Fasting Highway. And one of the best things about it is you'll get an invite to our Zoom meetings uh, to connect with our other intermittent fasting uh, members there in the Patreon community from right around the world. Uh, So please consider that, and I'd really appreciate that if you could. G'day, and this is episode 179, as you just heard, brought to us by our Patreon community. And I'd like to thank our new members this week in Amy, Charlotte, Britt, Tracy, Kelly, Harb, Jude, Anne, Eleanor, Jude, Georgette, Catherine, Dean, John, and Mike, and to all our other Patreon members. Thank you so much for supporting the podcast. Without your help, we couldn't do it, and we hope all the listeners may consider looking at that link in the show notes as just described there a minute ago. Okay, let's get on with today's podcast. I'm going to be speaking with Bobby fosbury L. And Bobby is from West Bank, British Columbia in Canada there, and she's 53 years old and has three amazing kids. For the past 26 years of her life, Bobby's had a few trials and tribulations with her weight, some ups and downs, and a few catalyst moments. But it was a visit to her doctor where she first found out about intermittent fasting, and then as it fate had it, two days later, she met a guy that was deeply into intermittent fasting who shared his passion with her, and the rest, as they say, is history. So you could say this episode is all about when love met IF, but here she is to tell the tale, Bobby Fosbury. Oh, g'day, Bobby, and welcome to the Fasting Highway, and thank you for joining me. Hi, it's good to be here. Thanks for having me. Good to have you here, all the way from British Columbia up there, and you were telling me before you're in the middle of a storm there, so I hope we don't cut out while we're talking. But, Bobby, for people that don't know your story, if you wouldn't mind sharing a bit of your backstory and what led you to intermittent fasting and also a bit about your why for wanting to do it. Right. Um, So my backstory is kind of long, but, you know, I had – three kids back in my 20s. I'm 53 now. And 
after my third kid, I, I didn't really lose any weight. So I was around 230 pounds then. Um, just overweight, tired all the time, right? Lots of issues going on, health issues and stuff. Um, kind of runs in my family. Um, my sisters, my mom. Anyway, um, always wanted to lose weight, but was so busy with the kids. Just didn't really do anything for me. Always did everything for the kids. Um, so... I don't know, fast forward a ways in 2017, you know, my mom had a lot of health issues. And in 2017 at 68, she passed away from complications from her type two diabetes that she just wasn't taking care of. Um, so, you know, that kind of kickstarted me to try to want to lose some weight. So because I was in all of the high risk groups, I, I have native ancestry. I'm a female. I was over 50, you know, so I kind of knew and I had gestational diabetes with one of my children. So I kind of knew that I was at a high risk group. And uh, then in October of 2021, I had been having all kinds of issues, lots of headaches. I've had been in, in and out getting my knees checked out because it had swelling and pain in my knees, for, probably from the weight, um, recurring like yeast infections and all kinds of stuff. And I saw my doctor and he just kept saying, oh, well, you know, you're at that age, it's menopause, it's menopause, you're at that age. And fortunately for me, he retired. Um, when I saw my new doctor, the first thing she said is, hey, I really like to do a complete workup on all my patients. Are you game? I was like, sure. So she ran a battery of tests and right away, my A1Cs came up at like 17.8, which is extremely high. Um, you know, normally normal A1Cs should be down below six. So I had a long ways to go. Um, given that and given that my mom passed away at such an early age, I just, it kickstarted me. I, I quit sugar right away. I cut back almost all of my carbs. Um, so for the first six months from October to June, I just purely did diet. And I, I went from uh, 203 pounds down to... Uh, I don't even know, but I started losing weight just purely from the diet. And then in June, I decided, okay, I need to amp things up because I still, my A1Cs were still high. I think they were at 6.8 at that point, which is a huge drop, but still not within normal levels. And I was still taking um, a lot of metformin every day and some gliburide uh, every day to, to keep my blood sugars down. I never wanted to go on insulin, so I kind of avoided that because I was just, I really just wanted to kick diabetes in the ass and get rid of it. So um, in June, I started exercising twice a week, um, weightlifting. Um, I, it's, it's helped quite a bit. And then, but I was still at 6.3. So in December, I found a um, I went searching, how do I tip the scales any further? Because I feel, felt like I was stalled out. And I found this program by Lifestyle RX with a doctor, uh, Brendan Byrne. And they teach people with type 2 diabetes how to get rid of type 2 diabetes. It's a 12-week program, so I applied to be in it. Um, they accepted me. They did a bunch of tests. And when they did their, my tests, my pancreas was in normal functioning ranges but they mentioned that I probably have a fatty liver, which is causing the insulin 
uh, resistance. And when they mentioned that, I remember back in 2018, I had my gallbladder taken out and they mentioned it to me at that time. They were like, oh, just so you know, you have a fatty liver, but they didn't say anything to me. You know, they didn't warn me that I, that would give me diabetes or was a precursor to it or anything. I, I just thought, okay, what's a fatty liver, but didn't think anything of it. Anyway, this program, I met the doctor in January for my first consultation with her to go over all of my test results. And one of the first things she said to me was, well, because you have a fatty liver, she said, in order for us to target the, the fat around your organs, you're going to want to start doing intermittent fasting. She's like, in the program, we get to that about week five. And um, that is what started me thinking about intermittent fasting. Because I originally had thought, well, I can't do that. I'm diabetic. It'll you know, affect my blood sugars. And, um, and then oddly enough, actually, within the couple days of that appointment, I went on this date with this guy that I'd been talking to, and it turned out to be Keith, who I'm seeing now. And he uh, lost all his weight with intermittent fasting. He's like super passionate about it. And he really gave me a lot of information on on it and really supported me and and helped me to start. And I just started out at 12 hours a day. Uh, I stuck at 12 hours a day only for about a week, and then I bumped up to 16, and I now do between 16 and 18 hours a day. And uh, anytime I, like through that first few weeks, anytime I was struggling or, you know, I'm hungry, I, I'd message Keith and he'd be like, no, you're not hungry, drink some water. <laughs> so he was instrumental in getting me doing the intermittent fasting. <laughs> Um, and since then, since January, I've dropped a couple of, I haven't really dropped a lot of weight, but I've dropped a lot of like clothing sizes. I, in those 12 weeks of that program, I now only take two metformin a day. I don't take any glyburide. I had also been taking since 2013 pills for my acid reflux. And I stopped taking that in within that 12 week program. So I'm almost medication free at this point. My A1Cs are still around 6.3, but I'm, I've been wearing a continuous glucose monitor to tweak what I eat. And, and I can see in the mornings what, where I start at, I can see which exercises bring my blood sugars down fastest, which foods bring them up fastest. And then recently I've noticed if I do have something that's high sugar, like we went and had a supposed sugar-free ice cream and my blood sugars went up to 15.6, but I had an actual insulin response and they dropped fairly quickly with a little bit of walking where before, when I first started all of this, uh, my high sugars, they would like stay up high for a while. It would take me a long time to bring them back down. So just with the diet, the exercise, the intermittent fasting, I've been able to actually my body started to have an insulin response and I'm hoping to be able to actually take stop taking the metformin. Um, actually, I'm planning to stop taking it this week. So Fantastic. That's such a great backstory. I've got to tell you, I just wanted to pause for a minute and I want to honor the memory of your mum passed away in 2017, Bobby, and I'm sure she's super proud of you that taking stock of your health and for your own children and that sort of thing. And so we do remember your mum and 
and I'm sure you're you miss her as I miss my mum and Mother's Day just came and those days are tough for us, aren't they? Bobby, let's get back. I want to wind back to when you first sort of heard about intermittent fasting from that doctor and it sounds like your doctor was pretty progressive and you probably were lucky that your previous doctor retired there and you got the you one who was probably up up with the latest sort of things and and so when you first heard about it and you got the idea of it what was your thoughts did you think that's sort of crazy trying to eat like that or did you sort of think yeah i'm going to give that a go no at that point like i had done a Google search to see, you know, what can I do next to beat this diabetes because I had been doing the diet and the exercise. And I just, I really was looking for the next thing to, to bump me up a little bit better. And when they mentioned that, it, it was like, okay, well, I'll give it a try. I'm, I'm game. I just, I really want, wanted something to, to kick me in the butt and get me moving again. Yeah, and we talk about a why, don't we? Like we all have those whys, why we do things, why we start this, why we want to do it. And obviously seeing your mum pass at such a young age was a huge why for you to take stock of your health. Obviously your yeah. children as well. We're talking about Keith McDonald here, and uh, Keith McDonald's been on the podcast. Keith's a very, very inspiring guy. He's lost over 100 pounds with intermittent fasting. He's a, a motivator and inspirer in the Fasting Highway Facebook group, and he's a champion bloke, and I've become good friends with him over the last couple of years and, and he's fantastic and so you guys went out on a date and i know keith he would have probably been talking about intermittent fasting five minutes after you met no doubt so i want to hear about the dates so tell us about that <laughs> well <laughs> we met at uh, a starbucks actually and and I, I don't know as soon as i saw him he's just got such a genuine look about him and he's he immediately lit up and smiled and the and when I hugged him, because I'm a hugger, and apparently so is he, I hugged him and I was like, oh, you're so tiny. And then I immediately regretted it thinking, oh, you know, most men, if you call them tiny, they're like, oh, what? <laughs> and he was like, you made my night. You called me tiny because he's never been. He's always been the big guy, right? Um, but yeah, I mentioned to him about my diabetes and, the, you know, I, my my diet and my doctor had mentioned intermittent fasting and yeah he's <laughs> he's uh got a lot of education about it um and the diet actually he um he's turned me on to slightly a little bit more towards the carnivore too which has helped but he um he just has so much knowledge about intermittent fasting and what works best and what doesn't and insulin depend uh insulin uh resistance and all of that so yeah, yeah, he dropped my ear off. I mean, it, it was good. And he yeah. hasn't stopped since, so. <laughs> a match made in heaven, as they say. I often get asked by people, hey, why don't you start an intermittent fasting dating for, you know, single people that intermittent fast? And I said, yeah, what are you going to ask each other? What time's your window? You know, what's your protocol? Yeah. All that sort of thing instead of the usual questions. But, yeah, I'm really happy that that happened. And, and the stars were aligning, weren't they? I mean, you heard this doctor tell you about intermittent fasting the very next day. You meet one of the superstars in the intermittent fasting world, unbeknown to you, and all of a yeah. sudden you're away and you've got someone there that's an absolute rock star and he can help you and guide you on this lifestyle and tell you what to do and, and tell you when things get tough. I know my wife doesn't. Sometimes she says to me, hey, you know, this is tough. I don't want to do it. And I say, well, come on, honey, you know, you just you got to push through and it's just encouraging yeah. people. But so you've been doing this for a while now, Bobby. So you sort of started off at that 12 hours, which is great. You started slowly. You moved up. What sort of thing are you doing now with the carnivore and your protocol now? So I, I'm, I'm still doing 16 to 18 a day. I 
stopped using the the timer. I just wait now until I'm hungry. I don't, you know, some days, most days I still have two meals. Um, some days I just don't feel like it. Occasionally I'll just have a protein shake. Um, but for like Keith, it's, it's great having somebody who has the same window and has the same diet. Cause when we cook dinner together, you know, we're not having to cook two separate meals. We're, we're both eating the same food. So a super high protein, um, very few really, uh, vegetables and a few berries pretty much every day. So I, I like my blueberries and raspberries and occasionally strawberries. So sorry, you mentioned exercise there before and with the weightlifting and that sort of thing. And I know Keith's into all sorts of exploration outdoors as you've got into, as we heard about in your bio there. Just tell us a bit about that and what sort of things you've discovered and the things that you're really starting to love and what you're learning about yourself through that. Well, honestly, I I was always super active and loved the outdoors um, when I was younger and, and in better shape. Um, but when you get really heavy, it's not fun anymore. You're sweating, you're panting, you're having a hard time with it. So I really lost a lot of that. Um, and with the weight loss, uh, I get out more. Just the last few years, I've taken up snowshoeing and and more hiking with my sister and other people. And, and now with Keith, we're camping all the time, paddle boarding. I have my kayak out on the lake. Like we're super active, but um, I also still go to the gym and do weight weight training. So I do a lot of deadlifts and with the seat, the glucose monitor you talked about there. Just tell us about that and what you've learned from that around your trigger foods. There's a few things. So I was following the GI diet because it it's the glycemic index of foods. So I was trying to eat low glycemic index foods, and some of the things that were interesting was some of the green foods, the ones that I'm supposed to be able to eat, actually really spike my sugars more than more than they should. Um, I've figured out, you know, a lot of the foods that I liked are pretty much not foods I should be eating. Like rice for me is really, really hard on, on my blood sugars. So I just, I don't, but, um, the other upside to the continuous glucose monitors is that Keith got one too. And you, you can, we can sync them on the app. So every time I scan, he gets a notification what my blood sugars are which has helped keep me accountable because if my blood sugars go up, immediately he's texting me, what did you eat? And and that's really helped me too. Um, also having a second set of eyes to say, hey, you had a little bit of a spike here. What did you do different? So that we can analyze it a little more and, um, and tweak my diet and my exercise. Because I also noticed when I hike, um, my blood sugars drop a lot more than when I'm say out for a walk or even at the gym. Uh, I also noticed when I do heavy leg day, my blood sugars drop more than say when I do arm exercises. So it's, it's helped for figuring that all of that out. What sort of weights are you lifting, Bobby? What, what sort of, how heavy are they? Um, my, I haven't tested my, you usually test your one rep max. I haven't tested my one rep max in a long time. My deadlifts I'm lifting in, uh, 165 pounds, um, three sets of 10 right now. So you talked a bit about the non-scale victories of intermittent fasting. What's some of the other things that you've noticed about it? Have you seen anything happening in your body or just sort of in general and how you feel and how you sort of think about yourself since you started? Well, like I said, I don't get the headaches. I had headaches a lot. I don't have, I don't get headaches anymore. 
Um, I don't have pains in my knees anymore. I, you know, I feel so much healthier. I have so much more energy and body image is a little harder because from being heavy, it's really difficult to see yourself as thin or he keeps calling me tiny and I'm like, I'm not tiny. And he's anyway. Um, but I, I definitely has, has increased my self-confidence for sure. Um, I, because I am starting to feel thin, I'll look at a picture of myself and go, that's not me. Cause it doesn't look like me. Right. Yeah. And that's hard to deal with sometimes too. I mean, you know, image change off and look at yourself where you're out and about and catch sight of yourself in a shop mirror or a window and you're walking past and you go, who the hell is that? And it's crazy. <laughs> it's almost like you got body dysmorphia or something. You don't actually believe that that image that's coming back at you is actually you. And as your journey gets longer and longer, you sort of just look at yourself and you just get used to that. But it's a yeah. real process on this journey of, of learning to see that reflection you know, and it's a crazy feeling, isn't it? Yeah, it, it's really weird. Um, same like at, at my past employer, we did a group photo and and I looked at the photo and I, I was like, when did I become one of the, the skinny girls in the photo? It's It was just, I don't know, it just didn't compute when I looked at it. Like, uh, yeah. it takes a bit to get used to for sure. It sure does. Let's just delve back a bit. Uh, into your earlier history before you found about IF and everything else, what would you say your sort of diet was looking like way back when, as you were sort of growing up into your sort of 20s, your children and that sort of thing? Would, how, If I said to you, what was your diet like, Bobby? What sort of things were you eating? What would you say? Um, I was raised on a, I don't know what you'd call it, traditional American or Canadian diet, meat and potatoes for, for dinner, you know, um, we had lots of sugary drinks like Kool-Aid and pops and stuff like that. And when I was in my 20s and lived by myself, it would be easy for me to go and buy a big bag of chips and a big bottle of pop and sit around and watch a movie and scarf back the whole thing. And, you know, I just I was taught from a young age by my mom, you sit at the table and you eat everything on your plate. You don't get up until it's finished because we don't waste food. And I know that that didn't help me because, you know, you would recognize that you were full, but you had to stay until you were overstuffed. Um, breaking that habit was hard. The other part is the emotional eating. Like when you're stressed or for me, when I'm sitting around the house or I'm bored, I want, I, I'll go to the cupboards and the fridge and look around and dig around and find stuff to eat. And, and of course, when you're shopping, all those middle aisles all look so good and, and the food is so easy to make, right? I definitely didn't eat that healthy. Yeah, has the shopping changed for you now? Like you talked about those aisles, and I mean, that was the biggest problem for me was what was down those aisles. And when I learned about the perimeter shopping and going around the outside, fruit and veg, meat section, dairy section, and avoiding those aisles, I almost cut sugar down by 70%. And sugar could be crazy, can't it? I, as soon as I was diagnosed with the diabetes, like I said, I quit sugar and pretty much eliminated all my carbs. Um, the program I just finished teaches you a little more about figuring out the glycemic index and the carbs. Um, for me, I just rather avoid it, but I read labels constantly now. Like even um, we were looking at getting some of the so-called keto ice cream tonight and, and I'm looking at it and there's 11 grams of sugar in a small, you know, a serving of it. And I'm like, no, 
I don't do any sugar anymore or, you know, very little. If, if, if I have any sugar, it's what's in my fruit. Um, but I don't do anything with usually with a lot of sugar. So it's really made me conscious of that, like reading those labels. And it's amazing and surprising how much sugar is in everything. It sure is. I remember um, I used to love baked beans, right? And um, yep. I used to eat baked beans by the truckload. And anyway, I remember when I first got educated about sugar and I looked at the back and I thought, oh, my four teaspoons of sugar in here. And I thought, yeah. no way, just in one can of baked beans, you know? And then it's everything else that you have with it. And then you have orange juice and you have all the, you know, sodas and then you have coffee and then you put two sugars in it. And all of a sudden yeah. it adds up. And yeah, it's crazy how much beverages can make a difference, isn't it? Yeah. And all the sauces like ketchup, you know, and even there's even some vegetables like carrots that are high in sugar. You just wouldn't guess it. But yeah. No. It's, but it's really a difference for me just shopping fresh. Um, I mean, I have loads, loads of cupboard space now, too. Do you enjoy the carnival? I, I do. I actually rather enjoy it. I, I get a little tired of steak because that's pretty much all he likes. But I uh, when I'm at my house, I'll, I'll have chicken or pork or something. But, yeah. Yeah. I don't mind doing carnival in short bursts. But for me, it gets a bit bland after a while. And that's the problem with it. Like, I like a bit of variety. But when I am doing it, I feel great. And yeah. I almost, I feel like I've almost got extra strength or something. You can almost feel yourself shredding and ripping or something, and you just feel <laughs> so good when you're doing it. And it's, but I can't do it for any more than three or four weeks because I need that variety. But I think yeah. it's great for a short burst, and particularly people that have got issues with sugar. I think it's a really good place to look. And in fact, we've got a carnivore expert, if you like, coming up on the podcast in a couple of weeks, so you might want to keep an eye out for that one. But Let's get through now to where you're going to go with this, Bobby. You sort of when you first started, did you think intermittent fasting was going to be great to lose some weight? But are you seeing it more as a lifestyle change now? I was looking at it more, not even for weight loss, but like I said, to for fat loss specifically because I because I weight lift, I I know I'm building muscle mass, and I was more looking for getting rid of that fat loss and 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 dropping my blood sugars, um, and I. I originally thought, okay, I'll give this a try. I, I wasn't sure how it would work out, but now I can see this is something that I'll I'll do for the rest of my life. Yeah, was that doctor that you mentioned there that kicked you off on intermittent fasting? Was was that part of her program that she was running? Was she doing this for other people as well? Well, my my own family doctor um, was not the one who mentioned it. It was uh, a doctor, Brendan Byrne. He he and another doctor. And a nutritionist have this program, and it's part of their program, their twelve week program, to, for people to kick diabetes. That's fantastic. You may have heard Sarah Cull on this podcast a couple of times. Sarah's a nurse down in New Zealand. Uh, she works in a medical clinic. They're doing exactly the same thing, and they've reversed the di T two diabetes of so many people. Yeah. And I think the proofs in the pudding. I'm really glad to hear that's happening in Canada, and I'll pass that on to Sarah. I know that she'll be thrilled about that. So have you thought about down the track is sort of just going to continue this on? And you've got children too, haven't you? Three kids? Yeah, I have three adult children. Yeah. And, and sort of what are they? I have a granddaughter actually who was born in October, the same month that I was uh, in the same year that I was diagnosed with diabetes. So she's a big part of my why as well. I want to see her grow up. Yeah, absolutely. So tell us about, for people listening out there, 
just tell us about T2 diabetes for people that don't quite understand what it is and how it can affect you and what are the symptoms of it? Like I thought, I thought I would know that I have it and I, I just didn't. I had all of these, like I said, I had these symptoms that I didn't realize were symptoms of type 2 diabetes, the, the recurrent yeast infections, the headaches. Um, and it turns out the headaches, I get those still if my blood sugars rise really quick and drop really quick. I call it a, a sugar hangover. Um, the yeast infections is because when your body has too much blood sugar, um, it comes out in your urine. And of course, it, sugar with heat, you're going to get yeast, right? My doctor was just that, that, that doctor at that time just said, oh, it's just because you're menopausal. But um, those were the biggest ones for me that I noticed was the headaches and those infections. I, it, um, and of course, once I dropped the weight and dropped my blood sugars down, I just don't, I have none of those issues anymore. Um, yeah, and apart from your mum, was there any other family history going back on, on the family? Not as far as I know. Um, I don't really have any other relatives past my mom that are, that are still around. So, but, um, no. Tell us about, you know, now you're reversing it and you're sort of getting to that point where you're going to get off that medication. How does that feel to you? It's amazing. It's, uh, every little victory I've had has just been a big celebration. Um, not just uh not just the blood sugars the weight loss for me was a was a side effect to me the weight loss was a side effect of trying to kick type 2 diabetes um a good side effect i feel like i was fortunate that i was diagnosed with diabetes so that i could lose the weight because i wasn't motivated enough to lose it before right if you met somebody now with t2 diabetes would you encourage them to take up intermittent fasting absolutely i would yeah um there's a lot of people who even with type one diabetes who could benefit from it because it really, it does, it changes your, how your body deals with the sugars. Yeah. I mean, support networks, obviously you got Keith in your corner there and, and thanks for Keith for doing that. And sort of your family and that, your adult kids, they all behind you and doing this? Um, my kids actually are, um, are like, they support me, but they're not, they're not definitely not joining in on it. Uh, my middle daughter was quite heavy uh, growing up in her late teen years. And in the last three years, she's actually got her own success story. She just decided at one point she wanted to, she was tired of being fat. And she started working out, like doing yoga 20 minutes a day. And now she's, I think she's down to like a, she was every bit as big as I was. And she's down to like a size six. She's tiny. But, no, isn't um, that great? Isn't that great? It's fantastic. Exercise. Yeah. And I love it when I hear stories of young people taking back their health and stopping the obesity before it gets out of control because they've got to go through their whole life. And I went through my whole adult life basically up to the age of 55 before I decided, you know, enough's enough. And that's one of my greatest regrets was living with obesity when I really didn't have to, but I just didn't have the education. And I think I got to the point where I felt like I was never going to be anything else but fat. Did you ever get to a point in your life at your heaviest when you thought, well, this is just how I am. This is just how it's going to be. Or did you always think that there was hope somewhere? You know, I always, I swore my whole life I would never weigh more than 200 pounds. Because I, when I got pregnant with my first kid, I was 24 and I weighed 185 pounds. And I thought I was, was in pretty decent shape then. 
Um, and then after the, you know, the second one, I was at 230 and I don't know. I just, I didn't, I never saw myself as being that person being heavy my whole life, but I just didn't have, I don't know. I didn't have the determination yet to kick me in the ass to actually make it happen. I tried all kinds of things and I did slowly lose some weight because I made some minor changes in my diet over the last, from 2018 forward. But um, really it was the diabetes that did it for me. Um, yeah. I, I never saw myself as being heavy like, for a lifetime. I just, but I just didn't know how to go about fixing it. I know a lot of people in their 50s, Bobby, they'll say to me, Graham, I'm too old to do intermittent fasting. I'll say, no, you're not. I still have people in our group that are 80. I've had people on this podcast, 75. I don't think you're ever too old to start, you know, turning around your health. And I think, you know, for longevity. And I can't imagine how great you feel when you're out on those lakes on that paddleboard and you're standing on that paddleboard and you're just going, you know what? I would never have been doing this unless I feel as well as I do now. And feeling good is feeling great, isn't it, Bobby? It is. It is. And and you would never have seen me in a bikini. <laughs> So that's like a non-scale victory. I'm actually in a bikini because I'm like, oh, I actually feel like I look good. <laughs> yeah, how freeing is that? Being able to walk around in the bikini in the summer there and not worrying about anything. I mean, I you know, I used to go to the beach and I never took my shirt off for 30 years because I was embarrassed about my size. I mean, you know, this is a beach country, yeah. Australia. This is where we live. I had a beach house on the beach, you know, and I, yeah. and I still didn't take my shirt off if anybody was around. And it was really crazy. And it's funny how we just get really sort of proud of ourselves and our bodies and we embrace it. And now we're doing those things and you have such a beautiful country to do all that stuff and the hiking and everything else and being able yeah. to do it free of, you know, not just weight, but just self-esteem and how you feel about yourself and your body and getting off that type two diabetes. And I can see a really great future for you, Bobby. And I feel like it's possible now. Um, Keith and I actually signed up for a 5k uh, obstacle course called Foam Fest we're going to do in June. So, and that's something else I wouldn't have ever thought that I would compete in something like that. But, but you know, I'm I can hold my own at the gym and and I can mostly keep up with Keith on a hike. So I feel like I can I can do it. So it really just makes it feel like anything is possible, right? Yeah, I remember when he did some crazy hike where he did it at warp speed. He had this like tracker that you could how many Ks he was doing. It was absolutely insane how fast he was doing it. You know, anybody that's heard Keith's story, I mean, a guy that was over 100 pounds overweight and he turned his life around with intermittent fasting and now he's like the big rules of Canada. He's out there in the woods and camping and hiking and doing all these things and he hurt his back there at one point and now he's back on the back on it again. And it must be so great just having somebody in your corner that's doing the same thing as you and this all just came at the right time in your life. Yeah, it was, uh, I don't know, I believe in fate, so I think it was fated. I mean, how else do you explain that he popped into my life at the exact moment I needed it? Classic meeting place, Starbucks, by the way. And then all <laughs> of a sudden, hey, boom, bang, you're into the intermittent fasting community and you're loving it. It's just really unfolded so well for you. Yeah, he's also introduced me to the cold. That wasn't something I would have ever done on my own either, but... And that's just, just from watching him, I've been curious about it. And just in the last week, I've tried cold plunging twice. And we did this cryo chamber, which was crazy, but minus 110 Celsius for three minutes. It was pretty cool. 
Okay, I'm, I'm shivering already. Tell us about this Cairo chamber, cold plunging. I know Keith's got a cold plunge bath in his house. What's that all about and what does it actually do for you? Well, you'd be better off to ask Keith about the cold plunging, the effects of it, but it's supposed to be really good for your health um, and the inflammation. I do have some arthritis in in my hand and my knee, so um, I, that's what part of the reason I started is because I want to. I'm, I'm hoping to get rid of some of that inflammation. Um, the his cold plunge tub is that he keeps it at three degrees Celsius. I the first time I tried it, I did three minutes. The second time, almost five minutes. And then this cryo chamber is actually at a local spa. And the first, it's a series of three rooms. And the first one, and you're just in a bathing suit with uh, water shoes and mittens on and something to cover your mouth and your ears. And you go into minus 11 and then minus 56 and then into the minus 110 for three minutes and then come out. And the cold is supposed to be super good for your healing. Wow. Minus 110 mm -hmm. in the bathing suit. Yeah. <laughs> how do you feel when what, what's happening in your body when you how do you what's happening when you're doing this? Well, you just you walk around in this little tiny room uh, and you, you stay active while you're waiting for your three minutes to be up. And, um, and once you get over the first little bit, it doesn't feel so bad. Um, but like I come out and he looked like it was nothing to him because he's the ice king. But I uh, I come out. I was like, oh, I was cold for a while, and they wow, tell you not to drink hot for forty five minutes and not to get too warm. You're talking to a guy here that has to put a jumper and a scarf on when it's fifteen degrees here, let alone <laughs> minus one hundred and ten. That's just nuts. But yeah, I, I have to look it up and find out and talk to Keith about that because I'm interested. So now that you're sort of on the path and you've got the intermittent fasting, are you looking at any other protocols? Have you done thinking about any extended fast, or are you quite happy doing what you're doing? Um, I'm probably going to change up my diet a little bit. I'm uh, going to pick up another CGM, uh, continuous glucose monitor, change up my diet a bit. And I've been changing up my exercise uh, a little bit as well. Now that summer's here, I'm getting out more rather than being in the gym. Um, I've been trying to get enough, uh, my 10,000 steps a day in and, and that kind of thing now too. So always just making little changes um, I think the most drastic change was was the beginning of all of this, and from here, I'm just going to keep tweaking it till I get it right. Yeah, tweak it till it's easy. That's what they say. Yeah, but, you know, I think it's all an experiment of one, and you've just got to try things that work for you and get to that point where you can make a sustainable protocol and you know and make it for life. And I think that's I think you become more intuitive with intermittent fasting as the time goes on. I know that over the years that. Even now, I mean, some days might be 16, some days might be 18, some days might be 20. It's never consistent like the weight loss was. The longer you do it, the more intuitive you get with your true body hunger signals. And sort of that yeah. phase, when you, did you have any trouble with hunger and that sort of thing when you first started doing it? I, I did. I Because I was like everybody else, routinely you get up, you eat breakfast, and then at noon you eat lunch, and then at five you eat dinner. And so... Um, and then I used to be heavy into snacking at night. And so evenings were hard to quit the snacking, but missing breakfast, I still somewhat struggle with the breakfast in the morning because I, I was always a big breakfast eater. Once you get over it, and like Keith said, you're not hungry. If you have to ask if you're hungry, you're not hungry. And he would be 
on me, you know, have some water, have some water, some salt in it. And as soon as I did, I realized, okay, I wasn't actually really hungry. I was more thirsty than anything. And I just had to break that mindset and that cycle, right? I would say 95% of intermittent fasting is mental, right? Mindset. Because the actual implementation, as I've said many times here, is quite simple. You're either fasting or you're feasting, right? But that mental yeah. part about getting your head around, I'm only going to eat once a day or whatever the protocol may be doing that you're doing. And those struggles that you talked about when you first begin. And I know I used to go for a walk and I'd walk past a restaurant and see people out eating breakfast like you know people do and enjoying themselves. And I really missed that because I was a social guy and I missed the social aspect. Were there social aspects that you missed about not doing things with your friends and your family like you were before, like you just mentioned, the big breakfast? Well, everything, I used to be a big breakfast person for me, social, our social gatherings for me with my friends, we would meet at a restaurant, have breakfast in the morning. Um, uh, That I don't do anymore or rarely do. And if I do, I just change my fasting time up so that I can do it early and then have a late breakfast. Um, But I think the, the weirdest thing is that holidays were always centered around food. Christmas, Thanksgiving, they're always all about the food that you have and changing up what I'm eating and how much I'm eating and when I can eat it um, has changed all of that. And then the other thing, if not for Keith, was dating, trying to like ordinarily when you're dating somebody, they invite you out for dinner, right? Um, But then you're at a restaurant and you're trying to pick out what you can eat and it's it makes things awkward for for that kind of thing i don't want to just go out for a coffee if it's not in my fasting time or right yeah Um, i get it because when you're on board with somebody that's doing the same thing as you it's just so much easier so much easier as you said especially in a new relationship and you know and then you say man this is so good because i'm able to go to a restaurant with you you get it why i don't want to eat that why i don't want to eat at this particular place or why i don't want to eat at this particular time that other person gets it right yeah. It's when you've got somebody in your life that doesn't get it, then that's got to be really hard. I have people, I mentor all the time, and they say to me, Graham, the person in my life I love to bits, but they don't get what I do, and it's really hard. And I can't imagine what that's like, not having that support in your house where you live or with your partner. So I think you've really started off on the great foot there. So, Bobby, and also, you know, intermittent fasting isn't a silver bullet as far as curing everything. I mean, you know, sometimes people have sugar problems, they have processed food problems, that sort of thing, and they might be addicted to them and they don't get it out of their life. Do you feel now that you sort of got away from sugar and and carbs, you got everything under control and and you're in control now because you have so much more knowledge than you did before? For the most part. I mean, I fall off the wagon like anybody else does. I mean, Mother's Day was here and my kids took me out for lunch and I just said, oh, well, I'm going to have carbs today. Um, It happens. I, uh, but for the most part, I, because I know what I'm putting in my body and I understand the labels now, I, you know, I know how to combat it if I do have, have one of those days and I know what to expect as well. Yeah. Um, But see, that's not falling off the wagon, Bobby. That's just enjoying (laughs) life. That's a life moment. That's to be lived. I mean, your kids and mother's day is an important thing. And, you know, I always say to people, live life and uh, enjoy those moments because intermittent fasting is a very forgiving lifestyle. And you can always come back to it the next day. You don't need to beat yourself up and say, man, I had carbs with my kids on Mother's Day. I mean, just and that's not falling off the wagon. That's simply enjoying that moment in time. 
And then you get back on to what you're doing the next day, back on your normal protocol, and a couple of days later, that little weight spike's gone. Speaking of weighing, do you weigh yourself regularly? Uh, no, I don't. I don't want to look at the scale. Most of the time, I don't like her. <laughs> yeah, so you're not a fan of the scale. You're just happy in your own skin, and, and you feel like your sizes are going down in your clothing and that. So that must be a great sort of recognition of what you're doing. Yeah, like... You know, at my at my heaviest, I was a size 22. Even in January when I met Keith, I was a size 12. I'm down to a size 8 now. That's in, in five months, I've dropped two, two pant sizes. So um, even though I haven't lost a ton of weight, I'm thinning out, which is nice. I hope you're taking those other pants back down to the charity shop now because you're never going to need them again, Bobby. Every time I donate them. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the way to do it. I mean, so many people, and I've been guilty of it myself in the past on diets where you'll lose weight and your clothes will get baggy on you and you'll put them in the cupboard and you have five different sizes in your wardrobe because you think, oh, I might need them again one day. But I think in the nope. minute fasting gives us that confidence to be able to say, you know what, I'm not going to need those clothes. I'm going to get them out the door and give them to somebody that can use them at the charity shop. And I think that's a really important part of our journey, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And um, the other thing that shifted for me was um, I I used to always buy my clothes in advance of the season just to get the, the better prices. And I think Keith and I were out shopping one day and I was looking at a winter jacket and he's like, oh, you should, you know, maybe you should buy that. It's really nice. I said, no, I'm not going to buy it. I might, it might be too big for me in, in six months. <laughs> so yeah. that's the thing that I've shifted in my mindset too is, I used to worry that I would be too fat for it in six months, and now I'm worried that it's going to be too big on me in six months, so I won't spend the money, right? Do you ever worry about regain body? No, I haven't worried about that at all because for me, this is not a this is not optional. I uh, I if I gain weight and uh, my my diabetes will come back, I'm and that's not optional for me. That's not happening. So yeah, good nope. mindset. Yeah, a lot of people I know, they really worry about regain after they lose a lot of weight because of that traditional diet sort of history where they have that yo-yo sort of history. They'll lose weight and they'll lose confidence. They'll go back to their old ways. They'll regain the weight, that sort of thing. But even in intermittent fasting, you can take your eye off the ball. Yeah, I think regain for a lot of people is a real worry with intermittent fasting. Once they actually get to their goal weight, and then they think, well, how am I going to keep this weight off? And I know I went through that. I thought, well, how am I going to keep the weight off? Because you've got to have a plan for the future. You know what I mean? I think the difference for me is I'm not doing it for weight loss. I'm doing it to control my blood sugars. Yeah, and that's the big difference. You're doing it for health. And, you know, the weight's great and that's a side effect. But the big thing for you will be getting rid of that um, pills that you're taking for the T2 and that sort of thing. And that's going to be a great day, Bobby. Yeah, it will be. Now, I think Keith better take you out to a five-star restaurant for that one. A smoke, smoke meat house or something. <laughs> a smoke meat, love it. I mean, you know, when love meets IF, that might have to be the title of this podcast. Bobby, if you were sitting in a cafe there in British Columbia with a bunch of friends that you haven't seen for a while, and they said, wow, Bobby, you're looking amazing. Tell us about this intermittent fasting. What would you tell them and how would you tell them to start? I actually recently went for breakfast or brunch with a bunch of ladies that I meet up with. We all ride motorcycles together and and I hadn't seen them since last year, last season. And that is exactly what happened. They were like, wow, you've lost a lot of weight. What have you been doing? And and I mentioned the diet and the exercise and the intermittent fasting. And I actually um, got 
asked a whole kinds of questions about how you get started and what, you know, what you can and can't eat and what the fast part of it is and when you can fast and when your window is. And um, I referred a bunch of them to um, Facebook groups, including yours, to, to join up and get involved. Um, one of the ladies I work with as well, same thing. She's super interested in it because she wants to lose some weight. And I told them it's a great way to lose weight. I showed them Keith's before and after photos too. And yeah. Yeah. Crazy his before and afters, aren't they? It's, uh, yeah. He's a great sort of example. And I've been trying to convince him to write a book because I think he has such an amazing story to share. And I uh, yeah. hope he does that in the future. But anyway, Bobby, thank you for joining me here on the Fasting Highway today. I wish you all the success in the future and in your relationship with Keith there. And I'm sure you're going to have a lot of fun together. And maybe we'll catch up in six or 12 months' time and see where Bobby is then. All right. Sounds good. Thanks so much for having me. Good to meet you. Okay, you too. Take care, Bobby. Oh, thank you so much, Bobby. Wonderful chat. I really enjoyed that. And I found that really fantastic that there you were. You went to the doctors and then all of a sudden you're at Starbucks meeting a guy that you didn't know and then you found your way to intermittent fasting. I mean, it couldn't have been scripted any better. So thank you for sharing your amazing story with us here today. I look forward to talking to you in 6 or 12 months and catching up with you then. As heard, folks, in the podcast, uh, that episode was brought to you by our Patreon community. And if you'd like to keep hearing these episodes and stories from people right around the world, we need your support with that. Uh, if you can go to the show notes, you'll see the link there, uh, www.patreon.com forward slash the fasting highway. Uh, you can choose from a couple of tiers of support from as low as 17 cents a day. So if you enjoy the podcast and you get something out of it, or the Fasting Highway community in general, I'd really appreciate it if you'd consider that. Okay, folks, until next week, be well, be safe, and remember, clean fasting is everlasting.